another day. All right, let's ride. Can I get um, that monster green cheese frappuccino, please? Monster green cheese frappuccino. Grande, bro. Anything else? That is all. 475 at the window. Thanks. Keep it to being with the squad. I don't even really know what machka is. It's just the color green. And that shit looks good. Like it's healthy for me. Like it's something I'm supposed to enjoy. So that's why I've been rocking with that lately. Because I just feel like things that are green are supposed to be in the body. But I hope that I don't, you know, end up finding out that Mashka is just some sort of chemical, some soylent green, or maybe um, some of the greeny weeny from the, the Brillo pad, a little scrub pad. You know what I'm talking about, one of those little fucking things. And somebody just making money by grinding that shit up and throwing it in something cold to drink with some other shit. It scares me, bro. Or maybe it's a type of green tea I'm not aware of. I'm ignorant. Somebody just pay for shit without knowing what's going on. And this, this turn looks a little uh, vigorous. I've never had to go directly into a 90 degree turn in a drive-thru. I don't, I don't know if I'm equipped to deal with this shit. I'm actually slightly nervous. I don't wanna, um, I don't wanna wreck my car. And I'm weird with my money. This shit is on the left-hand side. It's like super weird. I think I got it. I think I might have made it. That's a B475. There you go, Bo. Appreciate it, homie. Thanks, yeah, man. Likewise, bro. I made it, fam. I made it, peoples. Without killing myself and or wrecking my car. Also, by the way, welcome to the No Planet Ride Podcast. This is the 75th, 75th one of these, man. I'm still black out doing my fizzy, fizzy thing. And it's been a long, long road. And I feel like I should almost celebrate this. But I still ain't really sure. Because, like, the next one could be my last one. So I don't want to celebrate nothing. Even though for me, like I always say, it is an accomplishment to still be doing it. Not because of it's any great achievement. It's just that I never thought that I would do it this long. I know I say that a lot, but every weekend or every whatever day I record this, man, it's always a chance I might be like, you know what? Fuck it, I ain't going to do it. I always say that. Well, I don't always say that. I've said it a lot lately, but I always end up finding a way to do it. And first and foremost, my apologies for being late. Um, last week but to be fair I did give y'all two in the, in a less than a week time frame so I do not feel as bad I know nobody listens to this shit anyway but I figured I'd still give y'all at least two to fuck with since um I was late and plus I had the opportunity to do a couple of them in my hometown which felt great and I was lucky enough to get my homeboy on one of them because that shit never, ever happened unless I'm on the phone with 
uh, super engineer slash producer slash rapper Brooks. And uh, I'm, whose music I'm waiting on, by the way. So, bro, I heard the fuck up to get that music out. I'm trying to hear something. The streets got all types of other shit in it. I want to hear your music and see what somebody grown that's not killing people is talking about. But I usually only get to do it with him over the phone since he got the equipment and know how to do that shit. And I've never, ever had to, like, do... I wouldn't call it an interview, but just like a recorded conversation with one of the bros before. And fortunately, I was able to do that with some family over the weekend. If you listen to it, you heard the background noise. Yes, I left that in there purposely because I felt like, you know what? I'm enjoying this. I'm going to let this rock. I'm a real person. Life does happen. And even though I usually block off time to do this shit, I'm going to let people know I still, you know, have family things going on. And that was actually done at like late. Like, after midnight that night that I did it. And we just had been running around all week, really, being back in Jacksonville. And I just didn't really find the time to sit down and knock out a podcast. So I did it the best way I knew how. With the fam, late at night, with bro. That's the only time me and him had together where we wasn't just, you know, like, chilling. Because we could do it, drive around the car and shit and all that, but it wouldn't have worked out the way it does when I do it my way. So, I did it like that. And it was great. And I can't wait to have the opportunity to do that again with somebody, but I'm not close with a lot of people. I'm away from my family, as you guys should know by now. So I don't often get the time to be around people I would feel comfortable sitting with for that long. But you know bro family, so it, you know it was easy. Now, if I get some more family out here near me, some people I'm cool with on that level, then most definitely I want to jump back into that and go ahead and bust that move one more time. And it was different using a different mic. So I used the Audio-Technica plugged into the Zoom H1, the old Zoom H1, and I lapel mic it up, and I just go from there. That's what I normally do because I be in the car. But I was out with a homie, so we went on the patio, and I dropped it on the cooler, on the little tripod, and it used the H1. That shit came out dope. Now, there was some background noise and all that bullshit. But, yeah, I still felt really good about it. Luckily, we were old, we were able to talk loud enough, so we were over the AC unit that kept cutting on. Because then again, it is Florida, and at night, it's still hot. So, <laughs> they had to keep the AC running because we had all the damn kids and the wives in the house and shit. So, we're not going to make them be hot for the sake of a podcast. That ain't going to happen. I won't record before I do something like that. Because it ain't that serious but i just wanted to give y'all a little background on why the situation happened the way it did because my my goal was to really just do one but i ended up doing two because i panicked i did the first one because i didn't think i was going to be able to get nobody because i'm hollering at people and luckily i did because my bro weeks who has an album out called shoebox money right now on all platforms go get it if you like street music but I thought that he knew when I was going to be in town, and unfortunately, he was he drives trucks and does other shit, so we had the time frames flip-flop, and we couldn't meet. he couldn't meet me to set it up to do with everybody else. Then the other bro had a basketball tournament. It just so happened to be that the way it fell was that, you know, the person I was staying with is the homie, you know, bro-in-law. We get along, luckily, and he had been wanting to get on and join anyway. So we just rocked like that and went ahead and gave you what we could. And I did the first one 
alone, like I said, because I padded and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get with nobody else. So I just drove around and knocked one out um, for the first one, just in case. Because I was over there at Trap House Chicken. It was delicious, by the way, out on Justina Road in Jacksonville, Florida. Going by there, pick it up. But um, I just panicked, and I wanted to make sure that I had at least something. And then I ended up doubling up and giving y'all two. So long explanation, very, very long. My bad for that. I had to make sure I had some of that work for the folks who um, are loyal and for whoever comes to listen afterwards. Because I think that second episode in particular, man, um, I think it was a really good one. Just because of the conversation we were having, a lot of times people just don't have those conversations every quarter. Because people can tend to think about how how black dudes are, whatever. Whenever we get together, people can be fooled and think there's just nothing but ignorance going on, but that's not the case. That's not the case at all. We have these type of conversations, and given what happened that weekend, unfortunately, we had a lot to talk about in relation to how people of color are acting and carrying on, doing certain things, and how we are reacting instead of preparing for certain things. So there was definitely a, a lot to talk about, especially when you sit down with somebody who you ain't seen in two years. And that was the case for me because I hadn't been home in that long. So it was definitely great to sit down with somebody, get that off my chest, and, and not feel like I was the only one that felt that way. I understood that he was feeling the same way he is and the way he's moving with him being in corporate America and being successful. And his wife is also out there in the medical field doing her thing being successful and it was great to just be around that because where i'm at right now i don't see a lot of black people and the lower the percentages go in the neighborhood i live in i don't see a lot of struggle what i found out when i went back to duval is is like you have to prepare yourself for that because when you're not around it you don't realize how bad it is here i am wanting to change the fucking world but i'm not in the fucking community and while being there I saw like what a hard task that is. Just wanting to change things. It's not as easy as you wish it would be. Like I can get in the community and 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 figure it out. I realized it when I said it to the uh, to the older older gentleman I met at um, the ragtime bar by the beach. Like you got to be embedded every day. And for me, I'm doing my thing professionally right now. But once I transition from this. That's what I want to do is be somewhere where I can be embedded in the community, making shit better. And since I can't right now, I have to focus on catching young men, young black men specifically, where I'm at now. In the capacity that I work now, I have to catch them where I'm at. I can't be where I want to be 100% right now, but where I'm at, I can definitely affect change and try to make people see a different way or push them in the right direction and if I can't help them then shit I can learn from them how I can better help people similar to them because we can't be superman and put the cape on help everybody personalities don't match up all the time and the things you say can rub people the wrong way but I would definitely learn through failure in the future so that's what I gotta that's what I gotta do in order to get to where I feel like I need to be as far as me doing my thing to make things better Cause I just want the team to win. That's it. Everybody can't be Steph. Everybody can't be KD. Everybody can't be LeBron. Sometimes you need Charles Oakley. You need Kurt Rambis. You need Draymond. 
you need Robert Ory at the end of the day to come in and make these plays and make shit work. And that's what I want to be. If I got to be KD that night, cool. If I got to be Durant, work. If I got to be John Stockton, even better. But all I want to do is what I can do to help the team win. And if you can't understand that, then you don't understand me. Because I'm just about making shit better. That's it. I just want the condition to be better. And I really got an eye-opening experience when I went home. And I hate to keep going on and on about this, but it's true. It's very true. And I, I was watching um, something on my phone, actually. I was going to say TV. I was watching something when I was getting ready to come out here and make this, make, and record this podcast. And it's just something that made me think a little bit. Because it, re- it relates back directly to what I'm talking about. Because, you know, everything for the most part is related. So I'm going through the phone and I see this, um, like, the funniest um, You Are Not the Fathers, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the Maury Povich show, 90% of what I see when that shit's on TV is somebody being told they either are the father or they're not the father. And when the person is, is the father... A lot of the times it's sad, and when they're not the father, everybody's fucking happy. Which, to me, lets us know how sick society is. Like, that's sick. If you really think about the premise of that show, the majority of the episodes, I'm pretty sure all their highest rated episodes are ones where somebody's on stage acting a fool because either they found out that somebody was the father or that somebody wasn't the father. And I talk about TV a lot because Americans, a lot of us like to be in the house kicking it. We work long hours, a lot of us, those of us that do work, or we tend to kids all throughout the day. So when we get time off, a lot of us like to sit down and watch TV. I'm one of them. I'm not going to front. I love to kick back and spend some time staring at the old two. Can't front. I got a problem. I can admit that. But when you really look at it and think about all the things that go into TV production as far as longevity and know that certain shows get certain time slots because they're driving ratings to that network and they're getting ad revenue because the people that are promoting their goods and services to the demographic that watch that show want to be on during that time slot. It's insane that what's bringing everybody there is people finding out that they either don't have the responsibility of parenting a child and everybody's happy about it or they do have the responsibility of parenting that child and a lot of the time they're sad if you really sit back and think it's fucking insane it's sick it's sick that that's what's celebrated in our culture and that's why I was saying what I said maybe a podcast or two ago. I know definitely the last two because the everything that happened with Nipsey just had me thinking and me just being at home and just being where I was at, it just made me think like this shit ain't working. And I know I said it. I posted something on my personal face page, Facebook page. I posted a picture of the word illogical in the definition. Because I just wanted people to see it. And I didn't explain it. I just put it up there. And nobody really said anything. Maybe one or two. But I just wanted people to see it. Because I was talking about. Hood ideals. It's illogical. 
they don't work. Lacking sense or clear sound and reason. It's illogical. Doing the things we do in low-income neighborhoods, that survival mode that we stay in, that we have found comfort in, does not work. Outside factors be damned. I'm not talking about outside factors. Y'all know how I feel. I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. I always say rich need poor, all that shit. Cool. We should know that by now. As the people who have spent time in these neighborhoods, who live in these neighborhoods, who have relatives or friends in these neighborhoods, we all know that things are there to make you comfortable being in a neighborhood. So while I applaud people who who make it out of those situations or people who find a way to make it, we should never be comfortable in that situation unless you just make enough money to move out and you like, fuck that, I want to stay here. That's cool. Just like bro to open a restaurant, if you feel like, hey, I want to feed my community, that's cool. It ain't all got to be health food. I hear a lot about that. People open up opening up juice bars and stuff like that. That's cool. That's great. I'm all about balance. Because if I'm being honest, if you go to the average low-income neighborhood, low income neighborhood where I'm from, and think you're going to open up a healthy juice bar and get some money in there and get a lot of traffic, people are going to look at you fucking crazy. And not everybody eats that shit all the time. You have to do that in certain places where you're like close to like a gym where the mind state is just different. Unfortunately, it's not like that now. So I'm, am I upset that somebody's opening up a chicken place right there? Not not really, because even people who eat healthy have to have the time to eat some bullshit in between. And this shit was good. Came front, trap house chicken just in the road. I'm going to keep pumping it up because my little five-piece fried chicken meal was banging. But anyway, at least they're there showing that, hey, we can be from this type of environment. We can open the business. That's what's most important to me. Because nobody's going to eat that shit every day. Or nobody should eat that every day. But just the fact that they're showing a black person coming back to the community. Hiring people of the community. And doing it in the neighborhood. I think that's big business. That's how you keep money in the neighborhoods. And when I say the hood. That's the state of mind. Because those same neighborhoods can be made into great communities. It's just the ideals that come along with being, you know, quote-unquote hood. That's the shit I'm talking about. And that's something that I don't feel like we should hold on to that longer if we want to progress. Now, if we find what shit being fucked up and having all these complaints and all these emotions and feelings about how we feel like we are treated as people in the community, black, brown, white, whoever, who live in low-income areas, if everybody's going to raise their hand and say, no, I'm satisfied with this, this shit is cool, then shit don't need to change. But if you like me and feel like it's fucked up, because I'm going between two different neighborhoods, I'm, I'm going out to Justina to eat this chicken, stopping by a caravan, and then I'm going all the way the fuck out by Ponte Vedra to stay at night in a nice neighborhood where the roads are bigger because... There's not as much foot traffic over there, and you don't, and you need bigger roads because everybody over there has one or two cars, and they drive SUVs and shit. You need big cars, and you got all this industry and money going through there. That's where I'm staying at. Half the time I'm back home. 
But when I'm riding around, I'm back over there in a neighborhood like that where shit just ain't, it ain't the same level of comfort. Because all that's necessary is shelter. I understand that. I get it. It just depends on the standards you want to set for yourself. Like, how far do you want to go? And the reason I don't, I don't want to be out here supporting just hood ideals and it's just because it, I feel like for people, it sets the ceiling really low. It caps off people's potential way before it's ready. Like, how big can you dream if your ceiling is, is low like that? You get, you get what I'm saying? For those who, who choose to listen to this, it's like, how big can somebody who's, who don't even know where they can go, how, how easy is it for them to see that as a cap? As, you know what, hey, I'm going to go to school, get a job, and I'm going to live in the same community that I grew up in. If that's what you want to do, fine. But if you want to live there, you don't have to make, you don't have to live there because you have to. It should be an option if you want to stay there, not because you can't afford it. You didn't already seen that movie. You know what it is to not be able to afford to live outside of that. Now, if you make the money to move out and you want to stay there, by all means, stay there, do something to improve it and help other people get your vision so that they can continue to help the community grow. Clean the shit up in the community. Don't have trash and shit everywhere and have it looking bad if that's where you want to stay. Because now, when you're looking at it, I understand people wanting to leave. But I also understand people coming back like Nipsey did. It's just, it's such a complicated issue and I feel like I'm talking in circles because I'm just trying to express my my spot in this, I was just in between. Like I love being able to go see my people and just go be in that neighborhood and get some of that energy, but I also see the part of it that's negative. It's like, what the fuck is going on out here? And I feel like we hold on to this because we feel like it's the only thing that we have ownership of is the, these ideals of the hood. But I'm, I'm looking at it from my mind state when I was young, like, yeah, this is the shit, not realizing that there's so much more. Once you leave, the world gets bigger and smaller at the same time. But we don't think about that because we stuck in that fucking mentality. Because I'm all for the dude like Nipsey wants to go see the world and come back and share his experiences. But I cannot support the idea of, hey, this is it for me. That's some shit I'm not willing to deal with. Or the idea that I was there. I left. I never need to go back. I hate that place. I can't accept that either because your people still there. You ain't got to go out and give nobody no goddamn money, but at least give them that free game. At least go look back and give yourself a reminder why it's so important that you continue to do what you do and you continue to be an example. Because people don't know about just life in general. You know, you growing up, there's only like fucking four or five jobs people want. You want to be the president, you want to be an astronaut, you want to be some type of sports, sports, uh, some type of athlete, uh, singer, actor, whatever you see on TV, we don't realize that being the superintendent of X, Y, and Z, being the manager of this business firm, that being a hospital administrator, you don't have to be the nurse or doctor, there's other jobs that you can do related to a field you may like. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things that we don't think about when we're young and then we next thing you know motherfuckers grow up and realize this world is is theirs now and they got to do something with it but and they don't know where to go 
Because if they're stuck in that situation where knowledge hasn't been passed down to whoever's been raising them or whoever's in their circle, they stuck. And you can say what you want about what I'm saying, but the proof is in the fucking pudding because the hood still exists. I feel like they call that shit projects for a reason. It's a long-term experiment, and it's ongoing. And I don't even have to prove my point because if you can go to any neighborhood or any city, just about, and there's one right there for your ass. It may not be black people in there. It may be white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, a group of uh, people, a group of people that are foreign. But there's one in damn near every city. And if you don't break the cycle at some point, it's going to continue to be that way. And it, I just felt fucked up when I was at home because I'm like, I want to get out the car and just go talk to these people like, hey, man, what's up? What you want? But then it's like, what can I say to you if I ain't here, if I'm not around? So I got to catch them where I can catch them, man. If that's at work, when I come across one of these young folks, man, that's what I'm going to do. That's my goal in life, man. Find a way to help people out and make shit better because I just want the team to win. That's my mentality. I just want the team to win. I don't know. It's just be on my brain. So I get on podcasts and go and rant about it. So I'm going to figure out a way. I'm going to figure out something to make it work. But just being at home and the shit that's happened this past week, bro, has just got my mind elsewhere. And uh, referring back to Nipsey Hussle, man, it's great to see him being honored all over L.A. That's beautiful to see that brother being honored. And People really got to watch their mouth. I hear people saying stuff about it. They don't know much about him, but they kind of think of it like, well, who is this guy? Why is he getting all this acclaim? Before you go to open your fucking mouth, do some research and figure out who this guy is and why it's important that there's being gang truces had because of this guy's death. I'm seeing videos with Bloods and Crips right next to each other cooling. I seen something the other day about the Rolling 60s Crip and 8 Trey Gangster Crips trying to call a truce. And trying to maintain that shit. And for people who don't have an interest or don't have any awareness of that culture, that's fucking huge. That is really big. We talking about decades of fighting. Decades of murder. People being beat up. That's just long-standing beef. And I don't mean to compare it, but think Palestine and Israel. That's the most simple thing I can say to make people understand how bad shit was between rolling 60s Crip and 8 Trey Gangster Crips. Both were blue, both affiliated with Crips and all that. But just the 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 violence and the beef and the just the discontent between the two of them, those two groups was ridiculously bad. And I don't come from the gang culture, but I I do what I can to find out about it because for as a kid I was interested in it. Like really interested in it. But as an adult like I'll see, I see what it can do to a community. And that's why I I say things when I see people trying to pick that shit up and they want to start it. That ain't what you want. If you're going to really be out there doing it, that ain't what you want. And that's why this is so big. So hopefully people in these other cities, I think it was, um, I want to say Baltimore. I think it was Bloods and Crips in Baltimore had a truce over this shit. 
they got a, they ended up naming that cross section after Nipsey Hussle too on, on Crenshaw. And then they even have a mural for him in the Fairfax Mall. That's big. That's how important this individual was. Like shit stopped because of homie. Like I'm telling you, like things stood still when this guy passed away. Especially the way he was taken out. They say Nick Cannon's on gonna jump on and finish this Dr. Uh, CB documentary that Nipsey was working on, but hopefully after that somebody gets together and they start on this Nipsey Hustle documentary so people can really see who he was. If you don't believe me, go check out all the interviews and see what he's talking about. And that'll give you some more background. He's a great guy. I've been going on and on about it, and I, quite frankly, I didn't think I would be talking about it this long or feeling the effects of it this long, but just seeing that this guy's reach was bigger than even I knew. And I've been following Cuz since like 2010. I've been trying to put people on this music for a long time and I did not realize how much admiration they, that people had worldwide, nationwide for this cat. And it actually blew my mind. But I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna talk about sports to get my mind off of that. But real quick, um, before I get into sports, Julian Assange, his uh, asylum, that shit is a rap, and this is the dude that helped Chelsea Manning, who was whatever Manning, when he was a male, I forgot his male name, but when he was in the army, they were, um, he was stealing information, and I guess filtering that shit to Julian Assange, and he was publishing that shit on WikiLeaks, but uh, he is now being held in London, I believe, and he's about to be indicted, and probably tortured, and killed like a motherfucker, and... I won't say kill, probably torture for a long, long time to figure out what exactly he gave up. And listen, I'm not, I'm a conspiracy theorist at my core, 100%. But the one thing I do know about intelligence is that when intelligence gets leaked, I feel like there's a potential, a high potential for that to cost Americans their lives and the people that I'm referring to are not the people who have any real control over that intelligence. It's just they are being affected by it. They're out in the field, out on deployment, wherever. When information gets leaked, you put them directly in fucking danger. So Julian Assange deserves all the work he's going to get. For sure. Get all the information you can, any way you can. Because just like he was willing to give it up, you need to double back on that and let people know what you leaked out. That was that was fucked up. It was like the one the one big things that Obama did that pissed me off when he pardoned that little motherfucker, um, Chelsea Manning. I don't understand that. I don't understand it. But it's not for me to understand. It's just for me to dislike. It's already done. I can't do shit about it. But yeah, I hope they both get that work. Lock them both the fuck up. And that's the swamp I want to see drained. But anyway, moving on. Sports. Tiger won the Masters today. After the first time in damn near a decade. So fucking what? Tiger Woods don't fuck with us. Moving on. I'm just kidding. It's a good accomplishment for him as an athlete. Um, I don't pay attention to golf. The story is great. But I don't really fuck with Tiger either. Just seeing how he's acted in the media. It ain't really. He just really ain't somebody I want to fuck with. He won whoop the fucking dude. Took you long enough. All that goddamn talent you let go to waste. Moving on. 
Los Angeles Lakers, like I said a couple of podcasts ago, lost fucking Angeles Lakers. Magic Johnson stepped down. And as a Laker fan, that's not something I want to see. A Laker great having to step away from it. But I'm going to trust his judgment on this. If he felt like that was the right thing to do for the franchise, more power to him. Let's hope that next year is better. After that, they turn around and fucking fire Luke Walton. Goddamn. After that, Luke Walton turned around, got a job with fucking Sacramento Kings. Good job. Now, you brought a guy in to help us win. That didn't fucking happen. He got hurt. You end up firing the coach that you ran and raved about. He's now going to a rival team in the same exact fucking conference. Good job. If he's a good coach, he's going to point out every weakness, every strength on our team. Fan-fucking-tastic. Now we're looking for a coach. Now this is the part where shit in my brain is iffy because with shit being a mess, who do you bring to this to this team to rein everybody in and make them productive again? How do we fix this, Los Angeles Lakers? Because you got to get a bad motherfucker to come to LA and deal with that shit. You can't just go out and get anybody. Whoever you get, Better be a bad motherfucker. I believe I heard Monty Williams' name thrown around. I'm with that. He's experienced, been around. I'm cool with that. But get somebody who can get these young guys to go. Figure out what you want to do with them. Whoever's coaching them, please let them run. Because that seems like that's how they were at their best. Let these guys run. That's what they got to, that's what they have to make up as, a team that can run. They can, they can score. You got lines on them moving the ball. That's if you're going to keep the team together. There's no way in hell if that's me if I'm getting rid of all them people I just drafted who spent time in the league. Nah. LeBron got to go. If I'm trading anybody of note, it's LeBron. Top three greatest player of all time in my opinion. But if I'm trading anybody, it's LeBron. Sorry. If I'm trying to get somebody else to come in there, trading LeBron. But we got, we should have some free agents coming this summer. Uh, Kawhi, excuse me. He don't know what he want to do yet. KD still around. Kyrie, we don't need Kyrie. We got point guards. I believe Alonzo, damn it, he just needs somebody to pass the ball to. Somebody else. He got a few people around him now, but I believe Alonzo. I'm still rolling with that. I'm a down that hill, man. Got to. But, yeah, shit with the Lakers is all fucked up right now. Hopefully somebody gets in there and they can fix it. But we shall see. D-Wade, Dirk and DeWitzky both retired. Um... Both former finals MVPs. Dirk, I believe, is a regular season MVP. One-time champion. D-Wade is a one-time finals MVP. Three-time champion. Both multiple All-Stars. Both will definitely be in the fucking Hall of Fame. They will be missed. I'm interested to see what both of them do outside of basketball. I really want to know what they do. And I'll be uh, keeping track of that as best I can. Since I won't be in the country anymore. But, um, yeah, that's all I got for sports, man. The Yankees got their ass whooped by the White Sox. Got swept by the fucking Astros. I was pissed all goddamn week. But that's it, man. LA's fucked up. Tiger Punk ass won the Masters. And D-Wade and Dirt gone. But tonight, tonight, Game of Thrones comes back. I'm excited. Please don't fuck up the show. I know this episode is going to come out Monday morning. 
But when you hear this Monday morning, if you know somebody on the East Coast, tell them not to fuck up the show for their friends on the West Coast. Now I know your social media is your social media. You can do it, whatever you want. But think about the homies out West, man. Think about us. We don't want to just scroll through Facebook casually while we're waiting for the show to come on to see that you can put the whole goddamn storyline up there and fucked it up. Don't do that to us, man. Look out for the homies. Also, if you don't like Game of Thrones, or even if you, even if you do like Game of Thrones, The Shy on Showtime. The Shy is a show about seven different individuals in the Chicago neighborhood. In the Chicago, I'm not sure what neighborhood, but just throughout the city of Chicago, all the characters have stories that are intertwined to one another. It is a really good show. It's a Lena Waithe creation. So you know what's dope. If you don't know who Lena Waithe is, get your shit together. Find out who she is. But she's a writer. She is dope. She's really good at what she does. Check out The Shot. comes on Showtime. It's, a, it's an hour long, but it's great. This is one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. It's fucking wire level. I'm telling you, it's it's a really, really good show. So check that out. And I think that's it for me. I'm going to go ahead and shut this down so I can go prepare for Game of Thrones tonight. And the shy tonight. Try to figure out a way to mash all this shit into one weekend. Y'all be easy. Stay breezy. If you want to holler at me, noplayinthesrider.gmail.com. Noplay247 on Twitter. Capital N, lowercase o, capital P, L-A-Y. If you need beats. If you need your shit uh, mixed, my homeboy, Brooks, I put the link to his SoundCloud down there every episode. So it's Brooks on the beat. And if you're looking for music, NewJackCity.net or any platform. My man Weeks has an album out called Shoebox Money. Him and Goon, it's one of many albums he has out. If you like street music and it's not going to make you go do nothing crazy, you can just listen to it as entertainment and move on. Go get that. Also, if you like Griselda, Westside West Side Gun has an album out right now called called The Fourth Rope. Go check that out as well. I'm like three songs in. Actually, I'm like five or six songs in. Really dope. If you like that type of shit, Griselda Presents. It's, it's good. Go check that out. Y'all be easy, greasy. Don't spoil the fucking show. Peace. <laughs>